If at first you don't succeed, conservatives try and fail again in what feels like the 100th time to overturn the Affordable Care Act. And Juneteenth is recognized as a federal holiday. All of that and more on today's episode. Welcome back to Poppin's Politics, episode 19, If At First You Don't Succeed. Episode 19 in season two. We're just rolling through 2021 here, folks. This is Kobe here. Happy to be back. Does anyone remember that Aaliyah song, If At First You Don't Succeed? Ooh, that was bad pitch. We'll leave it in. We'll leave it on the tape. Leave it on the tape. It was done. Yeah, so, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. If you like what you've been hearing, of course, please rate me on your favorite platform. So... Obamacare. Obamacare is here to stay. I actually don't like calling it Obamacare since that was supposed to be a derisive term and sometimes like to make sure that I actually call it by its official name, the Affordable Care Act. But in a seven to two ruling, the Supreme Court basically told these people, stop coming to us with nonsense. Stop coming to us with nonsense. I have to say, I joked about this being the 100th time that they have tried to overturn it. And that is, I'm mixing two things. I'm mixing the bills the Republicans tried to have to repeal it when they were in the minority. And and there were like 40 repeal attempts. And then, of course, there are the actual, the major sort of legal cases. And I would say, of the major legal cases, this feels like either the second or the third major case before the court. What I love about this, though, There is some irony. So for those folks who maybe have not read the rationale as to why the justices did not say that this bill needs to be, this law needs to be scrapped, I shouldn't give all the justices too much credit. The liberal justices on the court, Kagan, Sotomayor, Breyer, clearly, obviously, don't have any issue with this law in the first place. Some of what looks like is beginning to happen, some more moderate conservatives on the bench. So if you think about John Roberts, potentially, it's interesting to see some cases with Amy Coney Barrett, where how she's coming down on things. But ultimately, this whole case hinged on the individual mandate being struck down, removed, right? So you're not penalizing people if they don't have insurance, which was actually one of the big parts of this bill. And historically, any sort of kind of healthcare reform, if you think about Romney care, which is in Massachusetts, I shouldn't call it Romney care, but he was the governor of Mitt Romney at the time, where some of this law was based off of was that, okay, you have to get people to have insurance. And so they can either have private insurance, they either need to go to the exchange, but to make the system work, everyone needs to be insured make it or to make it work better, right? At some point, Republicans were able to strip that piece of the law out. And so... In Texas, they basically tried to say, hey, all right, well, if that's not there, then the law is is essentially null and void. The entire thing should be scrapped from the books, if you will. The justices basically said, no one's being harmed, fools. No one's being harmed, you idiots, because no one's being forced to get this insurance. The fact that you stripped away uh, this main piece to the bill in trying to sabotage it, actually, well... What's the problem here? What are we overturning? There's no harm being done to anybody. No one's losing money that they don't like. Stop. Stop. So you have to laugh because it was Republicans who stripped that individual mandate 
provision from the bill. They were not able to just completely gut the bill. And just the longer that this is entrenched in society, in certain states, people are using the exchanges. And again, they've done everything they can to try to sabotage this effort. But it's still, you know, it prevails. It prevails. I am sure, as I said, if at first you don't succeed, that someone will try to come at the bill from a different angle. Although with the justices at seven to two, at least coming and saying essentially like, look, we're not wading into this. Of course, the always charming, always charming justice. Thomas and Alito had lots to say about this, especially Samuel Alito. He's very angry in his decisions these days. Very, very angry about religious freedom cases and very angry that people have health care. How dare they have health care? Let them die in the streets. Can we just talk about the fact? Good morning, everyone. I'm having coffee. Happy Monday. I'm having coffee. Can we just talk about, again, political parties and our votes and <laughs> the importance of who we vote for, what we value, who we, who we support? I mean, this health care debate that the country's been having essentially for a decade actually a little longer than a decade now. Because if you have to think about the time that it was proposed in 08, when both Hillary and Obama were running, and the discussion around health care, the political capital that former President Obama used in his first year of office, I think the passage of the bill in 2010, the first major case against it that went to the court, I think, I don't know, around 2014. We're still talking about health care. We are now in 2021. Halfway through uh, 2021 almost, and we have a political party that is still hell-bent on taking away health care from citizens. It's astounding to me. And that anyone just, like, what is the alternative? No, they're not saying, listen, you know, premiums are too high, people are uninsured, we know as a country we need people to be insured as a value, and so we are going to go about it this way. That, again, would be a rational, reasonable, political debate to have. The fact that they're not doing that, and they're just kind of like, look, if there's 20 million people on these exchanges, fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them, their mom, their dog, too. Like, you and your little dog, too. It's crazy. And then people turn around and vote for these people. And that's the part that kills me. What part of this bill are you so upset about? I mean, I know there's some Catholics who are upset about the, the contraception part of the bill. And so there's cases around that. And while you can, if you're an employer and we don't want to give contraception, and there was language that was put in to try to work around that. But on the merits, it's just like people need insurance in some way. And we have this crazy healthcare system where that is employer-based. And so what happens to people who are not in that system, get unemployed and can't afford, it just doesn't make sense that this is the hill that they want to die on. But they want to die on this hill. They, yeah, they want to die on this hill. Because I do have to remind myself, look, sometimes like with political things, it's like, is it the chicken before the egg? Because on one hand, I would say politicians in trying to stop that bill getting passed in the first place, got people worked up, lied about things, was there going to be death panels and Healthcare is now going to be your private insurance and government needs to stay out of healthcare. Meanwhile, it's like folks, Medicare and Medicaid, the government's involved in healthcare. They have been for a very long time. This isn't new. But now it does seem like there's just a segment of the American populace that, I don't know, I don't understand why this is the thing that just gets people riled up 
And again, it's not a perfect bill, right? There are still people who are uninsured. Healthcare costs in this country are still high. And so to me, if you think about what the Affordable Care Act was attempting to do was to A, tackle the access issue to healthcare. And you could argue that the bill could work better if all of the states participated in the exchanges as the bill was written, right? That was the assumption. If the federal government is giving your state dollars, we're paying for the majority, like 90% of this. And at one point, I think it was 100%. And then, and kind of on a scaling basis through the years, that number shifts, but not significantly. You just think about a state's budget, different from how the federal government operates, it would be in your benefit to take those dollars. But of course, too many states decide it like, the hell with our citizens. We ain't doing it. You ain't getting no health care. We ain't helping you. Sorry, boo. No health care here. Go to another state and get it. But yes, if at first you do not succeed, dust yourself off and try again, as Aaliyah said, the great late Aaliyah. So it's there for another day. It, there is some irony that they sabotage themselves. Maybe if there was harm, harm, quote unquote, in a legal sense, I mean, there was harm for an individual because they were forced to purchase something they didn't want, which used to be in the bill. Who knows what the justices would have said? This could have been a different outcome. But Republicans already took that out. So yeah, go home, go home. Juneteenth, Juneteenth. I feel like this is a good segue into housekeeping, but I feel like I need a medium housekeeping noise now because there's like something good here, but it still feels like, it feels like if you were cleaning your house and you did your vacuuming and maybe your dishwasher was running, but like you still didn't, you didn't dust your shelves and the windows still need a little, that's kind of how I feel about the Juneteenth holiday. A little bit of progress, America girls trying to do something right. Okay. So with that, America girl, you know, your house ain't been right. Now get it together. Yes, girl. Yes. America is trying to get her house in order. She's trying again. We've got the Dyson out. But we still have work to do. So Juneteenth, Juneteenth has been recognized as a federal holiday. Bravo, bravo. Congratulations to, I don't know, the United States for recognizing (laughs) something that you think we'd want to celebrate. The fact that on that day, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, that people in Texas, former black slaves in Texas, got the notice that like, hey, you can stop working for the man now. Yes, good for the United States. I'm surprised that the Republican Senate went for this. Makes me think back to the debate about making MLK a holiday in the 80s and or in 1980. And yeah, I think Ronald Reagan vetoed that bill or tried to stop that from happening, actually. So there's that for context. Look, I think it's always good when there's recognition, an issue, recognition of a person, recognition of parts of our history that maybe are not so ideal or don't really line up with kind of the fairy tale and the story that we tell ourselves about being Americans. I think it actually makes us better and evolved. And I think it's great. Of course, there were 14 Republicans who I think did not vote for it, which again, and they were all white men. They were all from states, most of them. I'm going to say south of the Mason-Dixon line, west of the Mississippi. Not surprising. Not surprising. Not going to spend too much time on that because history probably is not really going to remember those men. So there's that. But let's talk about why I said, eh, we still need an America, girl. Like, you ain't done your dishes. Your dishes are in the sink. You got company coming. Your carpets are dirty. Although I did say that the Dyson was out. The reason why I'm saying that is, look. Holidays are great, right? Another holiday for Americans to sit at home, do nothing, 
Although I have to say something funny. Let me just back up a real life situation. So on Friday, it was interesting because I actually went to work on Friday. Uh, There's something I needed to do. I work at a hospital, so it's, it's never empty on any particular holiday. But I had to laugh because I had some conference calls with other folks in other institutions. And, and, and it made me laugh that they're some predominantly white institutions and people not of color were actually like, hey, it's Juneteenth. And like, let's talk about this. Are you at work today? And I'm like, yes, I am at work today because of fill in the blank. But it did make me laugh as a black person to have white people telling me like, yo, Juneteenth, what you doing at work? So anyway, that made me laugh. Let's go back to why I'm saying that, look, it's great that this is happening and that there's some recognition, but we still have work. The policy stuff hasn't changed. Nothing has changed. And so the reality is the things that we need, not only as a country, to make things whole and to make things right, but specifically for people of color, have not changed. We still do not have the Voting Rights Act fixed with the preclearance issue that Republicans allowed to expire under Obama's term. We do not have H.R. 1, which would kind of overhaul voting rights or that bill. That is still languishing in the Senate. We have people like Joe Manchin holding shit up. 70-something-year-old white Joe Manchin from West Virginia, a state that probably I don't even know the amount of people of color in it, but is, you know, less than 5%. I'm being generous there, I believe. We still don't have the George Floyd Policing Act. We still, we have not done anything going back to healthcare to really fundamentally change the way our system is structured that allowed during this last pandemic for there to be uh, huge disparities that showed up between our white counterparts, communities of color, people of color, however you want to think about it. In terms of all of the protests, the social unrest that we saw last year regarding police brutality and lack of justice, if you will, in our system. Again, as I think I mentioned last episode, we are almost halfway through 2021 and we are still on pace with the same amount of police killings that we had last year. So I don't mean to be Debbie Downer, or I'm going to make the Plinko machine sound from The Price is Right when you lose. Boom, 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 boom. I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade, but keep the holiday, keep Juneteenth, and fix that shit that I just mentioned. Get some bills passed. Do something about Joe Manchin. Kamala was up there. People know it as Jubilee Day. People know it as this, as this Freedom Day. Listen, Joe, Uncle Joe, they have the work cut out for them. I know they are trying. There are rules. There are things that need to happen. Democrats need to figure out a way to come through on these issues. August, there's going to be a recess in the Senate. Like 2021 is winding down in terms of the political calendar and how that works. They're going to move into 2022, and then that's political season. And who knows what's going to be happening, whether it be internationally in 2022, what's going to be going on with the economy, the the potential exists that we have overheated the economy. With all of this stimulus, which again, I don't think is inherently a bad thing, but you best believe Republicans are going to, sorry, I'm taking notes if you can hear me. That's me circling that. I'm always taking notes and I write while I talk to all of you. But you best believe if, if food prices and gas prices and all of that is higher than what people can afford, that is going to be a Republican playbook to run against that. Of course, there, if there's any issue related to crime, they're going to, to deal with that and running about that. And historically, It's a midterm. That's just the way this typically works, that they will lose seats in the Senate and seats in the House. It's just a matter of how many, although maybe we're throwing political rules out the window and Democrats will be lucky, right? But it's like we need to be planning ahead here. 
And I just think there needs to be things that they do while they have these majorities. The other thing, going back to if at first you don't succeed, the possibility of who succeeds Donald Trump, because he is still the leader of the party. And it does not feel like people are understanding the severity and the need of safeguarding our democracy. And if a chunk of the electorate, the population, does not believe in your justice system, sees that it is not equal and fair, then you're going to continue to have unrest. You're going to continue to have issues. If those issues aren't explained to the rest of the population in a way that maybe is not affected by it so severely as why this is important, and they don't care, then for them, it's just like, this is just a wedge issue we don't want to deal with, right? We have to get past some of that. And then the other thing, of course, with voting, fundamentally, we cannot have a true democracy if the main rules to like, okay, I have these policies I want to enact, and I vote for these people, and you know the other side has their policies and their people they want to vote for. I mean, that's the way this is supposed to go, and like, let the best man win, as long as that's fair, as long as we're not doing dirty tricks. If we're basically some Eastern European former Soviet bloc country... <laughs> I shouldn't just pick on that. I mean, but like where elections are rigged, anytime someone loses, they don't kind of admit defeat. We make it hard for these people to vote. We rig the system so people who should not be in power remain in power. So I'm talking about gerrymandering, which has been a problem long before some of these kind of recent election stuff. I don't know what the point of Democrats having power is if they're not going to fundamentally fix these things. It's the most important thing. Everything else is secondary. I mean, it really is. If the foundation of the House, which would be the democratic system, is falling apart, which I think it seems like it is, making federal holidays is window dressing. It's window dressing. But again, if at first you don't succeed, I'm not exactly sure what Donald Trump's going to do. If he were reelected in 2024, since again, in safeguarding the democracy, we did not impeach him, we did not bar him from office, who knows what the legal situation for him will be. And look, We've degraded our system so much. Let's say he does get indicted. I mean, this country's gotten so fucking crazy. And if that's not finished by 2024, whatever trial, whatever whatever might come out, these crazy people, I could see these people going ahead and being like, well, who cares? We can, we can put him back in there. I just, I don't know. I don't know what back behind the scenes discussions are happening with some of the more moderate Democrats. And again, keep picking on Joe Manchin, but it's like you were 72. You... I've been governor, you've been senator, a millionaire, probably a millionaire a number of times over. I just don't know why he cannot and will not do the right thing on this. I don't understand this whole, I want to be bipartisan. That all sounds good. I even a lot of times, that's my, oh, well, the system is supposed to, these people don't want to work with us. And you don't negotiate with terrorists. So yes, if at first you don't succeed, I named this episode that because in a positive way, you think about something like Juneteenth, that the United States actually recognized that. It was a long time working on that over and over and over again. In a negative way, you think about stuff like the Affordable Care Act over and over and over again, trying to take health care away from people. And then what's on the docket in the future? Trump is reappearing. He's coming out of the shadows. He's putting his finger on the scales for different candidates. And maybe he's just doing this to fundraise, right, for his legal fees. And he's got a lot of debt and and bills coming due. Everyone's got to pay their bills. Ain't nothing going on but the rent. You got to have a J-O-B if you want to be with me. That's a very old song. Look it up. It's a funny song. Anyway, everyone's got to pay the bills. 
even Donald Trump, and he's got a lot of them. He's got a lot of them, about like $400 million worth of unpaid bills, probably more. So maybe that's why he's making noise again. But it just seems like people will not give up. And so I guess for the things that we believe in, we have to keep talking about them, keep fighting for them, because the other side certainly is not going to stop. And so with that, I'm going to bid everyone adieu. Happy Monday. And I will be back next week for a new episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'll be back every Monday with new episodes. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe or follow me. You can find me on Apple, Spotify, Google, Alexa, wherever you prefer to find your podcasts. You can also follow my Instagram at Pop Into Politics. Until next time, sending good vibes and well wishes to you all. Thanks for listening.